0: the process of approving uh, NASA, uh, it's a two-step process. So the first part of the process is where ESCOM uh, comes to NASA and says, hey, I'm going to produce so much electricity and for me to be able to do that, I need so much in terms of uh, coal, I need to pay staff so much in, in all of those costs. So that process was concluded on the 1st of January 2023 where uh, NASA approved the. Uh, Escom to recover over three hundred billion from from, from from its customers. So that's, that first part was concluded. So the second part is when then we translate those 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 revenues into tariffs that are specific to Escom's um, customers, such as the industrial commission and residential customers. So this is based on, for instance, on how much electricity they use, the time they use electricity, and where uh, where they are connected on the distribution network. So that's the second step. So but what happens is that we take the, the revenues that we approve and then we allocate to different customers. So ESCOM will not recover more than what was approved on, on the 12th of January. So to answer your question, um, there's a process we refer to as a multi-year price determination where we assess ESCOM's application in terms of the revenues that they they, they would like to recover from customers, whether they are are prudent uh, or efficient. So there's a guideline that we use, for instance, in terms of how much we need to to allow for for code costs how much we need to allow for operating costs. For instance, we'll say that for operating costs, we allow CPI plus minus 1%. So there's a guideline in terms of how we should assess all those costs.
1: And how do you or how do you factor in uh, the cost of corruption, theft, malfeasance, all of those uh, grand things? How how do you factor that in?
0: So because we, our, our mandate is specific in terms of what we can or cannot do. So nobody would rely on other uh, government departments, such as your special investigating uh, unit, your uh, police services, your uh, the national uh, departments of parliaments to, to also so once once so, so for instance once the the numbers have been crunched and then for instance their numbers the the the, the, the revenues that need to be paid back to customers then we take it from there. for example there was um, sort of an amount of about to one billion that was paid to, to McKinley. Uh I think it was three years back. So once an assessment was done we was decided that, that that amount was not to to to, to into the McKinsey and then to recover those amounts. So while the whole amount recovered from 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 from, uh, from from those entities, then we would adjust the tariffs that um S-com would have recovered from from from, from, uh, from customers um, having made that, that assessment. So we don't uh, uh, do our own uh, investigation in terms of of, of fraud that is out there because our mandate does not allow us to do. We so rely on other
1: government departments to do that for us. So, I ask that because you know, as as a consumer, and I, and I'm coming at this interview from that perspective now. Uh, there's a lot that doesn't make sense. So, in, in response, for example, to a plea uh, by Cyril uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa, uh, Eskom then went back to you guys at NURSA to discuss the methodology to be applied. Uh, in terms of the increase across the different socioeconomic groups. And this, of course, in an attempt to soften the blow to the poorest of the poor in society. So firstly, correct me if I'm wrong in terms of how I've characterized that. Uh, But secondly, if that is the case, then I want to know How is it then that we do not apply the same sort of logic when it comes to trying to recoup monies for what ESCOM has spent? And by that I mean, if I am a paying client of ESCOM, I pay for what I use every month. I get a bill from my municipality. I pay them every month. Now we say the poorest of the poor in society, they cannot pay these exorbitant increases. But you, who's been paying all along, uh, will increase your tariff regardless of the fact that you did nothing wrong. But people can steal electricity, they can commit fraud, they can steal, do all sorts of things. And you, who's trying to do the right thing, the same will apply to you as well. I mean, explain that to me.
0: Okay. So, so the the poor customers uh, are receiving a, a subsidy. Uh, it's a we call it a cross subsidy because it's, they're getting a subsidy, but they're getting it from large power users who consume a huge amounts of electricity. So the subsidy has been there since 2013. So what what the regulator decided was that for this financial year, their increase would be much lower at 10% than other customers. So and the reason they are able to get a subsidy is that because the the costs that are related to supplying electricity are most are mostly fixed. So about sixty-seventy percent of, of, of the costs are fixed. So they are not dependent on the amount of electricity used. So the customers that use more electricity uh, end up with a lower average price because the more they consume in kilowatt hours, the the, the their average price goes down because they, they so for instance the customers that are paying a subsidy to two days and poor households, Uh uh the average price is around 162 cents before the subsidy is included. And if you if you remember, the average price increase that was approved was around 173 cents per kilowatt hour. So so once we add the subsidy, so the subsidy is about seven cents per kilo for each kilo kilowatt hour that they consume. The average price is around 168 cents. So they are getting a subsidy from from these customers because they consume more. So so it's generally around the world, it's a global uh, sort of approach in terms of how you design tariffs to sort of provide a cushion for 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 low income customers. And because they, so you do this because their average consumption is too low for them, for it to cover the, the fixed cost of, of supplying them. So it's fairly a bit technical, but basically. They're getting a subsidy, not from outside, but from from ESCOM's from, uh, own uh, customers. Is, so, is
1: is that it, something yeah. that you are able to prove empirically, or is that a theoretic position?
0: think We have numbers uh, I can share with you. So we have numbers uh, that, that show that, yeah. Because on average, these customers consume about 70,000 kilowatt hours a year. So we have customers. Uh, your industrial customers, your, your minds, the paid subsidy, so we, we have the numbers we can, we can we can share
1: uh, mm. with you. Because yeah. I want to know about things like uh, illegal connections and, you know, substations that have to be uh, replaced, uh, repaired at regular intervals almost daily in certain instances. Uh, how does that factor into your determination?
0: So, well, as I said, we, we, we do assess ESCOM's costs for prudent beneficiaries because um, the laws that govern the supply of electricity states state that uh, 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 a licensee, such as ESCOM, can only recover prudent inefficiency costs. So, we do that assessment. So, for instance, for illegal connections the customers that don't pay their bills, we don't allow Scom to re- recover that amount directly from customers because there will be some direct-specific off. But uh, uh, when we calculate the average price that they can recover from ESCOM, we don't allow that. And secondly, we But why
1: not? Exchange. Why not?
0: Because it's not, customers that are paying should not uh, be burdened with ESCOM's with, with, uh, inability to recover uh, debt from the customers that go. So we don't allow ESCOM to recover that. So it's, it's, a, it's a write-off, or it comes from their bottom line. So they cannot recover that from other customers. And then also, we also look at the KTX in terms of what they apply for, what do they want to do, they, if they want to retake their, their networks, we look at whether it is efficient and prudent as well. So, any uh, any portion that we don't deem uh, prudent is allowed that, uh, so they can recover it from, from, from customers.
1: So, with the cost of living as high as it is at the moment, would you say that as a nurse- the decision to hike the tariffs at the rates at which you have a given ESCOM, do you think that's in the best interest of the consumer?
0: Look, So our, our decision is to balance both the interest of the consumer and ESCOM's uh, ability to, 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 to pay off with the bills, uh, in other words, ESCOM's sustainability. So if you, if you look at the decision that's made, ESCOM applied for an increase of 32% and we only allowed 18.6%. And then the same for, 2020, for 2024 25 they applied for an increase of, of, of 22%, and we only allowed 20%. And that decision came out of, as I said, our assessment of whether these costs are prudent and efficient, but we also take into account the impact of, of, of this price, on the economy. So if they allowed SCOM what they wanted, we would have seen an increase of about 32% this year. So we do acknowledge that, but we do need to have the balance between SCOMs Uh, sustainability and also protecting customers and and the
1: sustainability of the economy. Well, we have to leave it there. But thank you so much for engaging us, uh, Dr. Bongani Konjelwayo, who is the Senior Financial Analyst at uh, the Electricity Department at NURSA.